fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live, and I, oh, oh, oh. Hi, I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. And this is to Ellen back, a podcast, a podcast about the L word, about the L word, where we recap every episode of the L word. That's it. That's what it is. That's still what it is. We're yeah. still doing. That's what we're still doing. We're still doing it. We've been doing this Recapping for years. The L word. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that's my number one life's passion. Besides reading novels and eating snack food, is um, recapping the L word. Yeah, I um, I want to announce that I have read one full novel in the year 2021, <laughs> and that it's already one more than I read in the year 2020. No, that's not. I did read. I read one book in February of 2020. So oh, okay. pre-pandemic, I read a book, and then once the pandemic happened, I I guess I forgot how to read books. I just couldn't do it anymore. But I read a book recently, and I'm like. I read now, so I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. You've read like 50 books, but um, I read one. I've read uh, 13 books so far in in 2021. It's crazy. I'm so if really anybody impressed. wants to follow me on Goodreads, um, I'm always looking for new friends on Goodreads. Oh, fun! You know, like Roxanne Gay reads so many books. Wow. Because I follow her on Goodreads, like she reads so many books. I'm like, how do you do so many things? You That's know, wild. She does so many things. It's tough because like. I enjoy reading books, but a lot of the time I fall asleep. Uh, like just like the act of reading for a while puts me to sleep. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know if this is like a unique thing to me. Literally, or nothing other, puts me to sleep. Other people. Well, yeah. Besides heavy narcotics. Yes, yeah, that too. It's like reading and drugs are the only things that get me yeah. to sleep. Um, so it Fair. makes it hard to like be a reader. But yeah. now I've read one book, so I'm like back in the game. <laughs> also, I list. I listen to them too. I do audiobooks. See, I need to do audio. I think that would help because uh, I enjoy listening yeah. to things quite a bit. Right. So it's like, and then I have the sync, so it like syncs up with the book. Oh, um, it syncs? Mm-hmm. So I can go back and forth from the Kindle to the, to the, it's called Whisper Sync. It's incredible. Oh my God. I have to see if my Kindle yeah. has this feature. I have a very old Kindle. Right. Um, okay, cool. Well, now that we did an <laughs> ad campaign for Amazon... Um, uh, yeah, Amazon, an ethical company, an ethical um, company that makes cool things. Um, okay, it's really enhancing our quality of life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, so uh, we're here to recap an episode of the L Word, and also we have a there's someone else. Oh my god, everyone! We have a very <laughs> special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Shannon. Uh, <laughs> I'm a producer, a lesbian. <laughs> A New Yorker, <laughs> a consumer of lesbian content, and a former Elwood GQ crew member. Ooh, we have so many questions. <laughs> so how was that? <laughs> That's the first question. Um, it was it was a lot. <laughs> I, yeah, like most things Elwood, as you know, it was like a love hate thing. <laughs> yeah, like it was. Parts of it were really amazing and great, and parts of it made me feel like death. 
That's Hollywood. That's Hollywood, baby. That's showbiz. That's showbiz. (laughs) That's showbiz, baby. And that is so apt for this episode, too. There's a lot of showbiz stuff happening in this episode. There's so much showbiz. There's so much showbiz. Baseball Hollywood. Um, There sure is. Yeah. What was the good parts? I mean, the parts that won't stop Showtime from wanting to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> no, it was great. I mean, it really like working on this show as a fan of the show growing up and as someone who it did impact growing up. Um, <laughs> it it was one of those oh, this is happening moments. <laughs> yeah. But then I mean, like I am someone who has had all these like dream jobs come to them somehow. <laughs> like I was Angelina yeah. Jolie's assistant as a child, as a child in my young 20s, in my early 20s. I yeah. wasn't a child. I wasn't a child. <laughs> Celebrities want to have underage assistants <laughs> yeah. so that they cannot yeah. go anywhere they need them to go. Little known fact, Angelina Jolie only hires people under the age of 13 to work for her. No, she loves children. I was in my early She does 20s, love children. Guys. She does. <laughs> yeah. But... So I feel like with those kinds of jobs, it's like really exciting to get. And then once I have them, it's like, oh, this isn't just a job. <laughs> That's right. the thing that people always think that like, oh, you must have such these like glamorous life and these glamorous jobs. And I'm like, it's it's still work. Like it's still yeah. a job. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely yeah. moments that are incredibly surreal, but uh, it's still a job. For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So... Wow, I just want to talk about Angelina Jolie. Um, um, what what is your L word origin story? What was going on oh in your boy. life when you first watched this show? <laughs> oh, without getting into like the gory details of my like discovering my sexuality, <laughs> but when I was sixteen in my high school, we had to do these internships, and I had an internship at a theater company, which I will not name on air. <laughs> And there was a lesbian that worked there who I became very close to and had this five-year back-and-forth dramatic relationship with. But she was seven years older than me. And I was 16. So, Um, But she, in between our five-year relationship, is that what I'm going to call it? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She dated Kate Menning. And I heard about, you know, this pilot Earthlings, you know, heard a lot about oh, it. Wow. Earthlings. Didn't have showtime. And then in college, my freshman year, I bought the box set and made all my super straight New England friends pile into bed <laughs> one New Hampshire yes. day yes. and just like Perfect. devour it. And they loved it. They fucking loved it. I think then we got the second season. It was all like DVDs though, because that's so, like, what year was it when you were started watching the box set? Um, probably 2005. Probably. Okay. So, like, you were sort of, like, watching it at the same time that, like, the world was watching it. Yeah. But, like, like a little delayed. Like, you would wait for the DVDs. Yeah. 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 And then eventually, I just had to stop watching it. I never watched season six until I think I... I mean, I knew I read everything about it and knew about it and probably yeah. watched, like, yeah. an episode or two. But... I was just like, I can't do this. But then when I got a job on Gen Q, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Because I just like watched them right. it all before that. All over again. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, oh was God. hit with all that trauma again. So, <laughs> you know, I love the L word, you guys. I do. <laughs> we do well, too. This, we do too. This is a labor of love. I actually used to watch your 
guys's vlogs, I guess. Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So, Internet relics. I mean, this is a real full circle they were- moment. <laughs> <laughs> They were really good vlogs, I thought. Um, Some of them are still up and I think very funny. I have not watched them since we made them. Oh, (laughs) Oh, really? I I have. I have done a little. I did a little rewatch. And and some of it's very funny. I'm going to make you send me some links later, Reese. I think I need to rewatch this and see. When you you watch those videos where you're like, these people are really cool and funny. Or were you like, I don't know if I want to be gay after all. (laughs) I totally was because... You guys are like slightly older than me, but like we would have been in the same high school together. And like, I didn't really have lesbian community when I was in New York. I like always had like lesbian friends who were like ex's friends or like Mm. that. And so I really like, it was a nice like, oh, these are people I could hang out with. (laughs) And now you are. (laughs) And now here we are. Virtually because of a pandemic. This is the chart. Yeah. Everything we've mentioned so far is connected to everything else we've ever mentioned in yeah. our lives. The theme of this podcast is interconnectivity. Rchart.com. And science. Isn't that what the theme of lesbianism is? Correct. Yes. Interconnectivity. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's what scissoring is. It's just connecting. Yeah. Um, who, who's your favorite character? Well, famously, it's Dana. And when I say okay. famously, I just mean when I was working on Gen Q, like photos of picture I had of Dana in my office that like had a little like plaque that said in memory. Is that what it says? In memory of Dana Fairbanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. D- dear listeners, we should screenshot it. Yeah, we should. Oh. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to take a screenshot. Wait, okay. wait. I'm ready. I, let me look. Let me look really cute. We did it. So <sighs> right now you're sitting in front of um, a Dana Fairbanks memorial plaque. True fact. Which yeah. I only, I don't have this on display in my home. All you need is a hammer and a nail. <laughs> yeah. As the Indigo Girls famously said. In an office, I could do it. I don't think I could justify it in my home. I get that. Maybe in the bathroom. No. Is that oh, that's right? a lovely place for an in-memoriam <laughs> fictional yeah. character plaque is it in your is, bathroom. Yeah. But I have this on display for Carly and Reese's viewing. This is beautiful. We have a screenshot. We'll post it on the Instagram. Um, it's yes. a beautiful work of art. <laughs> well, this hanging in my office, which was right next to Marge's office. So casts would come and like have meetings. And so Leisha and Kate got wind of this and Leisha sent a photo of it to Aaron Daniels, which was just a dream. Thrilling. Thrilling. Just knowing that she knows that I am crazy enough (laughs) to have this in my office. But also, yeah. we need to remember Dana. It's so, important. Yeah. It's, it's important. part of our culture. Yeah. Should we get into the episode? Should we? Yeah, should let's we get th- into the episode. Let's, let's, just, let's just let's get into stop it. Stop delaying the inevitable. Today's episode, 605 Litmus Test. This one actually makes sense as a title. Yeah. Mostly. Kind of. Uh, it was written and directed by Angela Robinson, who, as always, we will say that we love because we do. Yes. Um, and I am also would like to say just I'm sorry oh, just to her, um, just the general that you had to do this yeah. episode yeah. Um, and be involved with it. And you really tried. <laughs> I think she did she tried. the best she could have. She did the best she could. Yeah. With yeah. What was she was this, given? Yeah. Yeah. This originally yeah. aired February 15th, 2009. Oh, 
Shall we get into it? Let's go. Let's go. We open at the planet. I know that we've just started. I don't want to start with a tangent. But once again, I got the feeling from this episode that their budget for season six was maybe $75. (laughs) I feel like they shot so much of this season just on the stage. Yeah, they were just like at the planet and at Hit Club in every scene. Yeah. Yeah. They spend more time in the planet in season six than they have, I want to say, like since season one. I don't know any working people who have that much time before work to just... no. I mean, well, I guess speaking Alice of, is the writer, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's at the planet, and we learn that Jenny's screenplay sold for half a million dollars, and it's an action comedy about a talk show host and a cop. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds sounds vaguely sounds familiar. Like, like kind hmm. of familiar, like like a treatment I heard about once. A treatment? Yeah. A treatment. <laughs> Yeah, um, Alice's handwritten treatment, which we recently had the pleasure of viewing in the kitchen of Jennifer Schechter. And of course, Alice hears this and is like, excuse me, that's my idea. Yeah, she stole my idea. Also, real quick, I know that we can't try to figure out what time is on the show, but how has uh-huh. Jenny already finished and sold the script? Like last episode, she was writing it. Also, they said there was a bidding war. A bid that takes time. For, it takes which, time like, for these things to happen. Which, like Jennifer Schechter, a new lesbian writer whose film has never seen the light of day, would never happen. Like, would never happen. Like a thousand percent would not happen. No. Oh. The thing is that in our last episode, Helena went to Dylan's house and said, "Have dinner with me." this weekend or something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. And in this episode, we see it's like Thursday or Friday and they're having dinner on Saturday. So it, uh, again, it time is Jenny wrote- relative. It stands relative that she, it stands reason that Jenny wrote this in a day. Here's what's up. She wrote the <laughs> treatment in one day. She wrote the first uh-huh. draft the next day. Uh-huh. She did full notes, rewrites, et cetera, over the next six hours, uh-huh. found- new agents or a new manager because uh, they fired her. Oh, right. She, yeah. So she had to locate them. That took 20 minutes. Uh, they were probably yeah. just hanging out at the planet. That's just where everybody yeah, is. Yeah, like everyone. They just, she found them there. Uh, a bidding war happened, escalated, and was resolved, <laughs> I don't know what, in like a matter of hours. And so that's really how this happened. And I think that... Uh-huh. Um, Science. That's that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's realistic and has nothing to do with any sort of like interdimensional... Uh, disruption in like electrical or magnetic fields or any sort of like dresses that maybe no. um, are tainting everything around them. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely not. Nothing I think that. it's just um, a normal thing where everyone's own timeline is their own timeline. And like, yes, they're all at the same table at the planet, but oh. that doesn't mean they're all in the same like dimension. That's a great point because everyone experiences time differently, as we know. Right. Well, season of six of the L word is sci-fi, right? Exactly. Yes, Yes. it is. Everything about this season is science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. You can catch it on the sci-fi channel. That's (laughs) S-Y-F-Y sci-fi. L word reruns on, again, Uh S-Y-F-Y. I will say in Gen Q, one of the writers, Allie Romano, she really kept track of like timing stuff. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. I love that. 
So Thank God. I don't know that Eileen Chaikin had that. I guess every writer's room needs that. They, every writer's room needs <laughs> the person that tracks time. And right. that person wasn't there for the OG series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if this is annoying. I'm going to keep interjecting with like Gen Q. Yes, no, it's not do. annoying. No, we, we are living for this. Okay. <laughs> Those scenes at the planet and stuff when all the OG or I guess in Gen Q in the writer's room, we'd call them gals gabs when like. The OGs are like sitting around like at a co- bar or coffee shop or wherever they may be. Oh my gals God, I love gabs. that. Yeah, gals gabs. Oh, man, I wish we had known that earlier in this podcast. We would have started using that too. Because we would have started using that in S2. Well, you can use it, you know, t- towards the finale. For our remaining handful of episodes. <laughs> So we're at a gal's gab at the planet because Bet and mm-hmm. Tina now work at the planet and it's very annoying. They're on dueling phone calls making a whole scene but whatever the point is alice is real pissed at jenny and she screams mm-hmm. schecter is so fucking dead and then storms mm-hmm. out of there hmm are they planting some <laughs> seeds there for yeah the, so interesting yes uh, probably just a figure that, of speech uh, never it was seems subtle whatever it is <laughs> whatever it is yeah it's subtle it's subtle as a as a head on the head with a hammer and a nail <laughs> Um, a great Indigo Girl song, by the way. Yes, thank you. This is the second time I've referenced it so far in this um, episode, and I'll continue to. Um, oh my god! To do so. So then we go to Jenny's house, where Alice has come over to yell at Jenny about stealing her idea. You sold your screenplay for half a million dollars, Jenny. You stole my idea. And Jenny's like, "Yeah, Shane's going to take me to dinner to congratulate me." even though Jenny is the one who just made half a million dollars. But anyway, um, she says it's just a coincidence that it bears resemblance to ideas that Alice jotted down. She did jot them down. From the idea well. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Has anyone ever really talked about the idea well? I mean, Reese, you're a writer. (laughs) I've worked with a lot of writers. I've, I've, not heard that the term idea well really but i've not heard this phrase yeah jenny Schechter knows so if anyone would know yeah it's jenny yeah you know in like the olden days when they'd be like what happened to the children did they fall down the well that's that's, <laughs> that's my idea well idea it's like well. the well that people are inspecting to see if children <laughs> fell down into it that's and smart. that's really all it's doing they, it's roped off oh well. oh because it's like an active crime scene Yeah, my ideal well is an active crime scene. (laughs) Yeah, but once after we get done with it, then we'll go back in. We'll put water back in. We'll see how it goes for everybody. You're gonna need a lot of water. The thing is about about this conflict is that um, it's a cop at a talk show host. Like, come on. (laughs) She couldn't. Well, as we know, Jenny is not really good at taking real things and fictionalizing them, as we saw. I don't know what you mean. So, you know what? Let's brainstorm a little. What could these two characters' professions have been that would have prevented uh-huh. Alice from yelling at Jenny? Instead of a cop and a talk show host. A cop and um What about a podcaster and an army sergeant? Oh. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It could have been a KCRW radio host and an unemployed person. It yes. could have been a talk show host and... Uh-huh. What do you think Tasha's doing now? A mall security guard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rose Rollins is about to be on a new show where she plays a women's college basketball coach. So maybe it's a 
maybe it's a talk show host and a basketball coach. Yeah. And that would have been very ahead of its time. I would have watched that. Also, I would absolutely watch that. You know what didn't occur to me also until just this minute is that this is a lesbian film. There was a bidding war (laughs) in 2009 (laughs) for a lesbian film. Oh, God. Is there even a bidding war now for a lesbian <laughs> film? And it's not a period piece. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it takes place in the present day. There's electricity. There's a small set of civil rights. Wow. Like, so they're not wearing like 18 layers of dresses and corsets, you're telling me? No. This time, the only lesbian films we had were like wolf video films, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. right. I know. Yeah, wolf video fell out of the bidding war really early. <laughs> Wolf Video just made sure there weren't bidding wars because they got in there early and they got yeah. those scripts. They got those films. They got those rights. Yeah, they got them. They got them. They yeah. got them. Gobbled them up. Gobbled them right up. Right. So then Shane comes down and Alice is like, you know, if you don't take my side in this, basically, she doesn't talk about sides yet, but she's like, no, but she Jenny will. is a snake. And if you continue to shack up with her, then we're not friends. And Shane's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? It's <laughs> like, you guys, you guys. The theme of this episode is that Shane is exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look who she is dating. I don't okay. want to talk about it, Reese, because I know you're a huge supporter of Jenny. <laughs> big, big fan. Well, I will say last episode when she redid the, um, when they started doing the, the clutter cleaning, and the redoing oh. of the rooms, which has already been reversed somehow, but we'll get to that later, <laughs> um, is that now this is new Jenny. Like, I know there's other seasons where she's been a conniving, manipulative person. But in this season, this like la- last season, that's where it started flipping over. And now she's just being like, she's just gone off the rails. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're trying to justify literally murdering her. Right. Yes. And so they have to find a way to make it make her murderable to like make this to sell this story. But you can't just retcon your characters to sell a story, you know? Why not? And also, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, I do really enjoy the Jenny Alice bickering stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I do. Like, I really do enjoy their scenes together. Although I found it to, it was getting like a little, a bit much this episode, but Mm. generally. I mean, but this is like really them just planting the seed that Alice killed Jenny. Over her screenplay (laughs) idea. Over a screenplay treatment. Yeah. Or to quote Alice, the treatment I gave you about the screenplay I was going to write. (laughs) Direct quote from Alice. Here's another tidbit. Uh Is I think like in our first week of shooting, Jennifer Beals at the end of a take in when she like they, you know, bring up like her friend Jenny died because they have to know. Fill in oh, the woman that that died on her property. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I, I think um, Jennifer Beals was like, and I killed her. <laughs> because Jennifer Beals is really convinced. I think that that killed Jenny. <laughs> Wait, okay, wow. I love everything about that. Um, yeah. And I think if anyone, any character on the show would have killed Jenny, I do think it is Bet. Yeah, I think she would have hired someone to kill her. A hundred percent. She's the only one that would have actually done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she would have hired someone. There's yeah. this quote in The Big Chill <laughs> where he says, like, he thinks rationalizations are great. Like, a rationalization is better than sex. It's, like, the best thing that exists or whatever. And I feel like that's how that operates. Like, she can rationalize almost every mm. bad decision she ever made. <laughs> like, she would murder Jenny completely like it was fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it had to be done and I did it. <laughs> like, 
no qualms around it. You know what I mean? That's the spinoff Eileen Chaikin should have, you know, <laughs> yeah, tried yeah. pitch. Instead of the farm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. God, that was yeah. the title. It sure Ooh, was. I had forgotten about that. I think about it every day. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> and well, where do we go next, everybody? Back to the planet. Seriously, did they have no budget? Did they have no budget? <laughs> it's just like a continuation of what we were just doing. And the best is that the first scene, Alice is there and she leaves at the end of the scene. Then we go to uh-huh. Shenny's where she arrives and then leaves. And then we cut back to the planet where she arrives. And Bet and Tina yeah. are still like haven't budged. Still yeah, there. They, haven't moved. Yeah. they still have moved into the planet and have set up dueling offices. I only buy it since Kit owns the planet. Right. Yeah. right. Like if it wasn't yeah. like a family member, I'd be like, these bitches need to like you need to leave. leave. Are you like buying coffee? Yeah, you have to continue to buy the coffee yeah. so that you get the Wi-Fi password. Yeah, right. So, so Alice is on the um, is on the phone with Tina, and then she like walks into the plan, and they're on the phone with each other, and that's so cute. Um, mm-hmm. And she's explained the situation, and someone's like, "Can you sue her?" I think Bet's like, "Can you sue her?" And someone's Probably. like, "It doesn't work like that." But I think she could sue her. She hasn't registered it with the WGA or anything. Like she hasn't copyrighted the idea. Mm. I don't know if it would end well, but she could try. I also like that Bet says. I mean, does Joyce do copyright infringement? Because the characters <laughs> the on the show, they know. they know one lawyer, <laughs> they know one therapist. Uh-huh. That's it. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe she couldn't. So and then Alice is like raving about Jamie and how much she loves Jamie. And Bet's like, you have a third wheel crush. Which I totally had forgotten about. Um, about the Jamie thing? Kind of. But I mean, I again, this season is one that I really mm-hmm. didn't, you know, pay yeah, attention same. to for my yeah. you know, own mental health. But yeah, yes. It just because of in Gen Q, the throuple, I'm like, oh, Alice, this is yeah. her like, this is her style. This is kind of like your yeah, thing, Alice. Right? I would like Alice to really lean into this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Consider maybe you are more of a throuple. Yeah. I mean, she always chooses the wrong people, but I mean. Yeah. Bet and Tina describe this whole third wheel crush process. You're having a third wheel crush. You so are. You have all the telltale signs. It starts when, you know, you've been dating your partner for quite a while and you're starting to grow bored with one another. And then you start fighting all the time. And then you meet a new person and you start hanging out all the time, the three of you doing everything together. And you know what? It's just great. And this new person starts to revitalize the relationship, Mm -hmm. pouring all this energy and excitement into it. And the syndrome, it can last uh, weeks, Mm -hmm. months, or even uh, a... (gasps) Oh, remember Sally? Coco Lisa. uh Uh-huh. That one lasted a year. I know. Yeah, just as long as it doesn't... uh, Tip. This is a real true thing in my experience. (laughs) This is totally a real thing. I feel like I've never heard the term third wheel crush used before. So they definitely like invented a term. Yeah, I've heard it about as often as I've heard nipple confidence, but (laughs) yeah. I just can't believe that no one at this table suggested that they just have a threesome and get it over with. Like what the hell kind of friends are these? Yeah. Yeah. Just fuck her already. Seriously. Y'all want to just do it. Yeah. Because it's true that now Alice and Tasha's relationship has been reinvigorated by their excitement over Jamie, mm-hmm. which happened to me and someone I used to date. But uh, when we joked about it, we said that she was our erotic third. That was the joke. That's always that's yeah. the joke. That's the correct joke. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that says, um, unfortunately, says so you just check yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh, no. 
That was unfortunate. A lot of great sound bites in this. <laughs> there are actually there was there was a lot of really cute stuff in the scene, and then there was the that line. But there's <laughs> there, there was so much of the scene that was just like banter and like you know like that's like our favorite yeah. shit on the yeah. show anyway. So totally. it's like this was just like fun. But there was definitely a lot of stuff said where you were like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's just like a lot of just like lines where it's just like, who wrote that? That's not how people speak. (laughs) Come on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And then Kit does like a restyle segue, like a really (laughs) incredible. Lauren, please put in the segue. Dangerous business. Dangerous business. Uh huh. And speaking of dangerous business. Oh, I could do without the Segway kit. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What? I'm having dinner with Dylan on Saturday night. Are you on? What? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Are you a masochist? Lost your mind. Totally. Anna, why? Thrilled. That, that was for you. I know. <laughs> it was for me. Yeah. Uh, it was great. I, I almost filmed it and sent it immediately to you and Lauren just in in recognition of them preemptively well, I have, like, all caps doing this for me. This. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, no, I want Carly to experience it like, you know, fresh. I did. And I was like, did Reese write this? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so Helena's having dinner with Dylan on Saturday night because Dylan has colonized my thoughts. <laughs> oh. Wow, that's deep. Really? Colonized. Another colonized her thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So Alice proposes a test, a litmus test, if you will. (laughs) This is just great. This just is like complete nonsense. I mean, but I also do think like L word at its best is kind of when they're doing these silly, like they're doing scheming, like Laura, Mm. that like famous. Exactly. Like I loved this. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so everyone's throwing out ideas. And honestly, this is the screenplay. Like, this, <laughs> what is the talk show host of the... Co- this is the screenplay. Yeah. We'll right. call it Ocean 7, because there are seven of them involved. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's obviously a prequel to Ocean's, Ocean's eight, 8 somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 8th is Angelica, but she's asleep. She's uh, always asleep because she's, she's a, a child. Baby. Yeah. They, they're trying to determine if Dylan is either a sleazy gold digger or just a good person. It's only one of those two things. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. the only way to judge people. Like, exactly. There's only two kinds of people in this world. That's Hollywood, yeah. baby. Yeah. Showbiz, baby. Showbiz. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel a slight vibe of a lot of the actors sort of doing the least, but <laughs> I think that they, <laughs> but they committed just enough, you know, and this was very Angela Robinson. Like she's very good at this, this yes. type of like schemey. Schemes, 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 schemes. I mean, Debs. I don't know if that's a movie we talk about, people talk about enough. Yeah. It's not a movie that anyone's talking about enough. I love the movie, Debs. Anywho, so yeah, they plan this thing. Shane goes and gets Nikki involved in it. Jenny pretends to be Nikki's manager, which is funny. I love how in that (laughs) scene, they just like named the only directors they know are like, Oh, yeah, Stacy. Yeah. Uh huh. Soderbergh. Okay. Yeah, Soderbergh. Yeah. 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 Older white men whose last names start with S. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, okay. That was the field. <laughs> and Dylan's like, that's weird that Nikki would want me to direct her film. I've only done obscure 
documentaries. And she's like, she loves your documentaries. <laughs> Like, yeah. Okay. The stuff with Jenny was so funny. She's like, she likes to party. She's a whippersnapper. Meet her <laughs> at the club. <laughs> hot, hot, hot. <laughs> oh, that was fun. I enjoyed the whole montage. That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't think a general would happen at the club. It fully <laughs> would not. Um, no general has ever happened at the club. No. Because famously, clubs are very loud. Well, I have, but a, not lot hit club. I have a lot of notes about that for when we get. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> this is another episode that took place from, I think, from here on out in pitch darkness. Yeah. Like, I couldn't see a single person after pretty much this scene. But it was also, like, very quiet, you know. So quiet. They're oh, at yeah, a, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. They're at a restaurant and a nightclub for the most of the rest of the <laughs> right. episode, and it's very quiet. Like, our, in our next scene, we go to the second floor of a home where Jenny and Shane live, or maybe it's the first floor. I don't know where it is, but again, we are talking, there's very low lights here. One of yeah. the three sets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, last, last episode, Jenny transformed Shane's room into her office. Mm-hmm. That has been wiped from this slate. We're back not a thing anymore. to, that's not a thing anymore. They both have bedrooms. Shane comes home. She lies on top of Jenny. It's like they're they're kind of sexy and they're going to maybe hook up. But then when Shane mentions that she saw Nikki today to recruit her for this event, Jenny is like, you can't do that. Jenny goes into full-blown jealous Ooh, psycho, psycho mode. <laughs> She's like, I forbid it. because she Shane's like, you can't us. forbid me from talking to people and saying people. You can't do yeah. that. And Shane does all of this with a toothbrush in her mouth. And uh, cheers to that. You know what I mean? And she's like, you can't forbid me to see anybody. And Jenny is like, she betrayed us. I hate her. And you should hate her too out of loyalty to me. And Shane wisely says, that was me. Like, blame me, not Nikki. Cause, yeah. and, which, and that's such a real thing. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So Jenny's in like red, like red rum mode sort of. And then um, <laughs> Shane's like, I have no feelings. And then they have this cute little thing where they make up. Um and Jenny apologizes. Like Shane goes downstairs and Jenny's like, okay, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I have to trust you. What did you say? What did you say? <laughs> I'm wrong. Uh, this was cute. But I also the whole time I was like, Jenny is just being so manipulative. Like, yeah. yeah. None of this is real. Or maybe she thinks it's real in the moment, but it's going to snap back once she yeah. is in right, the Right. Because she goes right later on. Everything goes back to normal. Yeah. So we go to the Olive Garden, the only fancy restaurant in Los Angeles. I wish this uh-huh. was at the Olive Garden. Every time they're at a restaurant, I just wish it was the Olive Garden. Every time we're go to a restaurant, we're like, is this the Olive Garden? No? Oh. I think we just really badly miss the Olive Garden. Yeah, yeah we happened. both really want to go to the Olive Where Garden. Where in LA Burbank. is there? Okay. Burbank. I'm like, Burbank, do you want the address? <laughs> um. Anyway, so they're at the Olive Garden and... I hate this entire thing. So I hate everything opens, that happens so much. <laughs> when it opens, they're all laughing like something amazingly funny just happened. And then she's like, and I said, Felipe, you have to loosen up. I mean, life is too short for boring men. And everyone's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> This is the most like obnoxious oh. dinner. Like we're just dropped into the most obnoxious dinner. It's Bettina. Kelly and a man who we later learn is 
Caleb, who's an artist. <laughs> I swear they've used the name Caleb before. He looks I swear like, they've used this actor before. He looked like Henry, Tina's ex to me. Kelly is like very aggressively hitting on Beth. Oh, yeah. Wild. Yeah. For a work meal. Like, this is so inappropriate. Even if it's someone you've dated, which as a lesbian (laughs) in the entertainment industry, I mean, I, you know, you have these encounters, but like, you wouldn't like never act that way at a professional dinner. I don't think. No. Beth's like, oh, yeah, we met in college. And then she's like, oh, that's the yeah. boring version of it. Uh, she was in love with me. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And Tina is there the whole time just like having to oh, deal yeah. with this. Yeah. So fucked. Tina's just chewing through it. She's like just yeah. chewing the Chew, whole thing. Chewing on through it. Blue is the warmest coloring. It. <laughs> and the the dude is like, well, now she's taken. And Kelly's like, you never know. What? It's like this Girl, is like serial killer she can behavior. Hear you. It's insane. Maybe Kelly killed Jenny because she is clearly a sociopath. I mean, great. Exactly. Yeah. So Beth goes gets up to take a call and Kelly is like in front of Tina, like, oh, I really feel like Beth is like the one that got away for me. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and then she's like, Oh right, Tina, you're here. Um Does it bother you that I flirt shamelessly with your girlfriend? Tina's like, oh, no, of course not. But I did tell her that if she cheats on me again, Again. uh, that we are (laughs) so through. So, like, have fun being a little tease or whatever the hell this is that you're doing. Um, And Kelly's like, thanks. I will. And I was like, this is horrifying. It's also a weird thing because I think everyone knows they're in a monogamous relationship. So the idea of, like, Tina being like, no, I told her if she cheats on me, we break up. Like, that's kind of a foregone conclusion at this (laughs) point. Like, that's there was such a weird response to this. I know. This whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, this was, this was so psychotic. <laughs> and then things get worse somehow. Then it yeah. gets wildly more inappropriate. Truly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Aaron and William walk in with these two screenwriters that Tina has been putting a project together with for three years. And Beth's like, why is that a bad thing? And Tina's like, because in this business, not being invited to the meeting means that you're fired. And I was Showbiz, like, Showbiz, baby. That's Hollywood. That's showbiz. But before this situation can escalate to where it's clearly headed, we have to go to Hit Club, the hottest club in West Hollywood that is also the quietest. It's also like the biggest lesbian club I've ever seen in my life. Like is every lesbian from LA and the outlying LA like there? Yeah, it's enormous. Now like... Lesbian parties. We don't even have, you know, we don't even have buildings, clubs. Yeah, (laughs) but like it's like crammed into. Well, Reese, you were at the opening night of Dana's. (laughs) Yeah, I was. It was packed. Yeah, packed. You could not move. So Don Denbo's security system. Oh my god. At Shebar is for sure illegal, right? You can't just mic up your whole club. No, that is something that only would happen in a movie. But like, like a mob movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many TVs. She has this whole so many control TVs, room. So many, like, yeah. watching the videos, you can very clearly hear every conversation. <laughs> uh-huh. like, no Somehow. background noise at this huge, like, warehouse, like, 
party like sized club where music is in theory playing yeah and yet somehow they're getting clear audio of this conversation (laughs) it's incredible i love also that their whole scheme rests upon (laughs) this happening at hit club because of the security system like that is so funny yeah like and then we have to get her to have the meeting at hit club because it's wired for sound like (laughs) yeah it's like no one has ever heard of just putting your phone in a purse and with a camera and then aiming the purse camera at your mark yeah i mean but i mean this was a different era so that's true i mean when they were like scheming in the beginning they were using landlines i will say that's true (laughs) god i miss landlines (sighs) but before they can get into the scheme jenny shows up with shane and alice is mad at jenny and yells at her again and jenny again this felt very improvised jenny's like you know was this like was beverly hills cop your idea too she's just acting like alice's idea was so generic and um she can't lay claim to it but also again obviously not and she's like maybe shane is buying it but i'm not so but also i feel like the friends should have been more supportive of alice because it's literally like her entire like why did why yeah. has no one actually said that like yeah. it's not even right. like the idea was generic or whatever it's like it's clearly about a talk show a host talk and show a cop host like, and why pop. is no one talking about this that's the issue especially after the whole lay girls like right drama. yeah like no one's drawing the connections between like sean and shane and lay girls and this yeah yeah that made me mad at like they weren't being good friends to alice no, no. they kind of abandoned her yes. in this Jenny tells Alice that she's being a child too, which I thought was great right. because sure. Also Jenny's hair at this point, they have these very severe full forehead bangs that come down. So she looks like Emily the strange. <laughs> she does. You know, Emily. incredible reference. Yeah, she yes. does. Jenny is out here with her, with her hot topic bangs and like, then Alice <laughs> threatens her yeah. to her face in a room full of witnesses, by the way, yes. you get that in this scene. <laughs> She's like straight up. She's like, I'm going to murder you. Yeah. They will find yeah. your body in a pool. Like there was yeah. no subtlety in this episode about yeah. that. Like, no, shocking. And then no. they're able to see on this very crystal clear security system that Nikki has arrived. I, however, can't see it because this scene again took so like, dark. did they have one a budget for one desk lamp or something? One I could barely one small I could not light. see anything that was happening. Yeah. You have to watch this in a pitch dark room oh, with a great like a big screen to see a goddamn thing that's happening. Yeah. But they can spot all their friends walking in one it, by one. I can't, but they sure can. <laughs> well, Reese, you weren't there. OK, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. true. You're right. You're right. Jenny is super weird about um shane talking to nikki and is upset about it and as nikki walks in everyone's like oh my god it's nikki stevens i love Uh, nikki stevens it's like asmr it's like the the way they recorded those voices or like adr them and then like boosted the volume was so like oh my god it's nikki stevens (laughs) but then like later on there's like a shot of nikki just like dancing alone at this club and i'm like right yeah i'm like as if she wouldn't have been no. left alone like that, please. <laughs> no. no. So Nikki walks through the club and all of her adoring fans. And then she finds Dylan sitting in a booth with like a full office set up. 
And um, we cut back to like the whole gang has bowls of popcorn, which I actually really oh appreciated. God. That yeah, that was I a really nice touch. That was cute. Yeah. yeah. Then we go back to the restaurant where. Oh God. Bet, for some reason, takes it upon herself, like as Aww. if this dinner isn't appropriate enough already, <laughs> to walk over to the other table at the Olive Garden where William and whatever Aaron are sitting with those two with the mysterious filmmakers, and starts yelling at them about how disrespectful and awful they are being to Tina. Bet. It's Bet, right? It's Aaron, right? Yeah. The bald, impotent worm that we've all been talking about. Excuse me? It is fucking stupefying to me how you can sit here with Martine, Susan, right? Tina's writers. And get, how, what? And then Tina sees that and like pulls Bet aside and is like, yo, no. <laughs> and um, then in blatant violation... Of Title Nine, um, Aaron says out loud twice, <laughs> two times. I am so happy to be done with dykes. What did you say? I said I am so happy to be done with dykes. Again, you can't actually say this. Like this is <laughs> this counts as as discrimination. You can't say I this. I don't think, though, like, I mean, anyone would say this openly, like, even if you are not a fan of lesbians. Like, no. Right. No one who wants to continue to have like, a career. Like, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I guess back then, like, you know, I wasn't in the biz back then yet. I don't think. I don't know, even know what year this was. I was not yet. 2009. <laughs> no, I was not. Well, we had our own film production company, me and Carly, where we made videos um, of ourselves acting like we were in the L word. <laughs> thriving industry on I YouTube. Mean, but that's, yeah. And that's how I found you and became huge fans. Right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's <comes> around. <laughs> Carly oh. dies inside every time. Every time. Like. <laughs> anyway, Aaron's um, like, I'm so happy to be done with dykes in the middle of the Olive Garden. <laughs> And they're like, sir, no more like, free breadsticks for you. <laughs> yeah. Sir, this is an Olive Garden. Yes, sir. This cannot. is the definition of sir. This is an Olive Garden right here. He's at the Olive you Garden in Burbank. Yeah. Yeah. He's you not can't just say you're here. happy to be done with dykes in the middle of the Olive Garden. That Very what? loudly. But nobody, well, none of no the one even notices. Like, turned around. Like, None. No, Zero. Like, no one. But, well, I mean, multiple witnesses here. And he's sitting with two people who are not necessarily loyal to him yet. Like, this is just so dumb. And, like, you could see the one of the, like, screenwriter ladies. And, like, she was not she reacting to anything that was happening when Tina was, like, no. screaming at him. Tina publicly accuses him of, of William of stealing the negative. Like, all this stuff is happening. And, like, those two screenwriters are just, like, chilling. Like, hmm. yeah. And I was like, right. Get, run. Like, just run. Like, it doesn't matter who you believe. Like, just run. Like, don't get involved with any money. of these people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's other producers yeah. out there. Like, yeah. just leave. Shallon Studios is not where you have to have your project. Yeah. They had a huge sexual harassment case uh, like yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not, not a yeah. good place to work. And they're about to have another. Yeah. <laughs> you stupid fucking cocksucker. How dare you sit there with that smug little smile on your face and wine and dine my writers on a project that took me three years to put together as if you had anything, anything to do with it. He said you were talentless hacks. 
Yeah, and I begged him. I begged him to hire you. I have put everything into this job. I have poured my heart and my soul and my talent into making you both look good time and time and again. And how do you repay me? By stealing my contacts and icing me. Tina, keep your voice. Shut your pie hole, Aaron. I have never in all of my life worked for such an idiotic, mindless, juvenile, cruel, pathetic loser of a human being such as you. You are soulless. And you are everything about this fucking Hollywood that I hate. Now this is really uncalled for. Uncalled I mean, for? You know what's uncalled for? A billionaire stealing the negative of his own movie just so he can put in and claim for insurance money. <laughs> what are you and talking then to drag about? My name through the mud. To forge my signature on a letter accusing me of theft and fraud? It's just downright criminal, William. And don't think, don't think for a second that you are gonna fucking get away with it because I know, I know. Enjoy your dinner. This Shut is your so pie hole. I mean, we Man, do get a shot. This is an Olive Garden. We do get a shot of him eating at one point, though, and it is gross. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. But this is like, okay. <laughs> Everything, you're like, all right, sure. It's just so like, what's happening? <sighs> And just the fact that, like, seasoned TV people in this business who are lesbians wrote this. Yeah. What? Is this, like, what? some kind of, like, wish fulfillment? Like, these are the things I, they always wanted to say to some, like, yeah. straight cis white male producers but never could. Yeah. Maybe that's what this is. And it was like, finally, yeah, I can get shut your pie hole in. <laughs> You're a loser. <laughs> Um, back to Hit Club, where Nikki claims to have loved the film Atonement, which I don't think is true. Um, and then she says, if you want to win an Oscar, you've got oh, to play God. ugly, the R word, or a lesbian. And then proceeds to, to list every problematic like role. Every Oh, my God. <laughs> So, so it's like she lists all these people that have won Oscars for, for playing those things. Unless this is like, this is also, this is in the discourse already. Like people know this, that like often if you are playing one of these things that you, people often dominate you for Oscars. You know what I mean? I mean, the fact that she has so much evidence to support her claim, if you're straight and you play gay and it's dramatic, you will get nominated. Oscar. Yeah. Right. And if you are an attractive person and you make yourself less attractive for a role, there's a good shot people are going to at chance. least pay attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's how they know you're really acting. Yeah. They're like, you know? whoa, acting. Right. Obviously, the worst part of this whole speech of nonsense is that her final, her final declaration is Hillary Swank in Boys oh. Don't Cry, total lesbian. Oh, my God. Yeah. This was, did uh, you, did you see? See the film? <laughs> no, Nikki Stevens didn't see the no, film. Also, do not get me started on Boys Don't Cry. I will go off for an hour. <laughs> like, I don't feel like there's any any room to watch that film. Like, what? Like, the point of the film is that her character is a guy. <laughs> That's the point of the movie. Everything she says is wrong. Especially now. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I watched this scene like through my hands. Like I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she said the R word fourteen times. Like it's kind of a throwaway line, but like this is a character on the L word, which is being watched by millions of lesbians all over the world who are already getting this really, really weird idea of who are already getting all this transphobic shit through Max right. to have somebody say unchallenged to basically deny that Brandon Tina 
was a guy. Yeah. And that just be part of the dialogue. Like that's really fucked up. I know. Anyway. Oh my God. (laughs) Dylan is like, I don't think you have to be ugly. I think you just have to be real. Cause Dylan's a real director. Wow, Dylan, that's great. It's really great that you let Nikki say all that stuff and didn't oppose her in any way. You've real moral character. Back in the control room, (laughs) Shane says something about rope-a-dope. Yeah, I don't don't know. No follow-up on that. I didn't didn't catch that. (laughs) Shane was like, Nikki's going to make her move in three, two, one. And then she did. And then for some reason, this made Jenny crazy. (laughs) Yeah, she went insane um <laughs> dylan tells nikki that she fucked up with helena um and nikki's like yeah i fuck up too but you know it feels so good in the moment and then alice drops her popcorn everything's off for Everything a second shuts off. <laughs> i love that p- placing a popcorn bowl on a keyboard caused the whole thing yeah, to, whole shut down. to shut down and then just like easily they easily like yeah. turn it back on <laughs> alice turns it it's back on as if she knows how to like in reality, all that equipment, it'd be like, what? which, what? Huh? <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, no, it, well, that's, they, he would be the only person that could get them back online. Yeah. Okay. So Dylan rejects Nikki's advances saying for one, it's unethical for director to sleep with the star of the movie. And then like back in the control room, Alice says to Jenny, guess you didn't get that memo. <laughs> and Jenny's like, fuck off. And I loved that. I, I love that you. as well. That was funny. And then Nikki blatantly says, if you want to direct this film, you have to come home with me tonight. And she says, I guess I'm not directing this film. And then everyone cheers. They're like, she did it. Like, we tried to entrap her. We won. (laughs) Are you proud of yourselves? (laughs) Like, what? Also, in 2020, you know, Dylan would have done a thing on a notes app and tweeted that back in 2009, Nikki Stevens (laughs) tried to coerce her into sex, saying that she would not direct let her direct the film unless they slept together <laughs> and nikki wait, would get canceled wait. nikki stevens is over party i really hope season two of jen q brings back <laughs> nikki stevens yes and then dylan's character comes back purely as a right. notes app apology <laughs> or a notes app like announcement I, yes just like a like spring grab on our social media yeah alice could be like yes you guys did you see what dylan posted dylan right. yeah remember dylan <laughs> yeah and everyone will be like oh shit <laughs> and they'll be like should we should we explain what happened and they'll all be like eh. <laughs> oh my god so then helena looks like completely shell-shocked by the whole experience um and everyone yeah. is like, all right, let's go get a drink, blah, blah, blah. And Alice is like, yeah, I'll be right there. Helena's the one with morals now. <laughs> right, exactly. And Alice is like, oh, I'll be right there because she's going to spy on Tasha and Jamie for one or two seconds. Yeah. That was yeah, it. she zooms right in. <laughs> it was so easy to find them and zoom in. But then has like this little like smirk, like, yeah, like they're my girls. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, yeah. go make out with both of them. Why are we free not doing some, this? Free some, free some. <laughs> Too bad. One thing that I, it did drive me bananas in Gen Q that through all of the conversations they had about the throuple that not one of them involved Alice bringing this up. I mean, to be fair, I didn't even remember this until, and I did rewatch this season oh, really? before I started working on Gen Q. <laughs> I remember you know, that. Justice for Jamie, I guess, would be the hashtag. Yeah, justice I would for Jamie. Right now. Yeah, just for Jamie. You know, Jamie should have come in earlier also. 
No, I remember Jenny because she's the first, or Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, because she's the first queer Asian character that happens in the entire series. Midway yeah. through season six. And we get her joining midway through season six <laughs> in this show that's set in Los Angeles, California, which I just find. Asians in LA? No. That's okay. weird. None. <laughs> None. No. We don't have Asian people here. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. This fucking but, show. I mean, I have nothing to do with Gen Q this upcoming season but if there is not yeah a friggin butch lesbian oh my god i'm gonna lose my shit <laughs> because i like, mean what even like guys? our crew had some of like the dope like you're friends with moira like, oh my god DC. yeah like we the whole camera team the whole camera team like had all these like super great awesome butch lesbians which you could have created a character based off of them we have those in LA. We <laughs> yeah. have butch lesbians. Yeah. yeah, they're all over the place. They're We're all over the place. Crawling with them. Non-binary yeah. people also all over. All, all over, over LA. Place. All so over spaces that are also occupied yeah. by lesbians. Everywhere. It's wild. We're coexisting. Wild. We're here. And it's in LA. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So Helena goes to see Dylan, who's still in the booth with her office supplies. And um, they have like a very intimate conversation because, again, this is the quietest nightclub of all time. Right. I mean, I if that if there was a club where you could hear people speak that clearly, I would I would go to it. Because that's what I don't yeah. like about clubs is the yelling oh, yeah. in the ears. Yeah, I hate that. Do you think we could start an over 30 queer night? Oh my God. <laughs> once, li- once life is normal again. Where the music I, has to be like... The music's like a little lit. lower and like <laughs> no yeah. one under 30 is allowed in unless like more yeah. like a handful of people who are over 30 vouch for them that they're chill. I would yeah, love that. Exactly. Like we just get to Chill. listen to like music and like hang out. I don't yeah. know. That just sounds nice. Yeah. Sounds fun. Dylan says she came back to LA because she couldn't stop thinking about Helena, which is very presumptuous. <laughs> it really is. But I mean, I will go to defend Dylan in that like this this is her first like lesbian, like we're meant to believe love. but love, right? Mm-hmm. And experience. Mm-hmm. So then her behavior does make sense. I mean, historically, uh, historically, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It was the warmest color. But also we're meant Um, to believe that Dylan Alexander Hudson is straight. Yes. Until she met her. Truly the the queerest looking character on the show. I know. She's like. The least queer. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Elsewhere in the club. Um, Nikki is dancing, really feeling herself again alone. It's alone and it's under a spotlight. <laughs> Tasha, Allison, Jamie are going watermelon, 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 and then laughing. <laughs> like that's some inside Hollywood biz talk. <laughs> oh, biz, baby. oh God, I'm saying this too much. I'm gonna regret this when I hear this. <laughs> I'm gonna just start saying it all the time. It's what's going to happen, and then I'm in trouble. That's showbiz. <laughs> My favorite part about their relationship is that they couldn't figure out what they were talking about. So they just laugh. Like all they're doing is they just laugh at each other. So we get the vibe that like they're having they're fun me. together. Yeah. Yeah. They could have a better time if they had sex. sex. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And then um, Jenny's just reading Shane's text messages. <laughs> right. Like what? And then Shane's Jenny. like, and then Shane goes, what are you doing? And Jenny goes, I was reading your text. Messages. Yeah, no shit. You were saying if Nikki texted. I you. was seeing because she has your phone number. She's not texting wanted- me, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, to be fair, that is in character for Jenny. <laughs> like, that is very, right. that, that is like, very, yes. I totally buy. Yeah. But also like, yeah. did cell phones not have locks then? I guess flip phones. 
Is that flip phone days? She would never have locked her phone. Yeah. Yeah. Then Alice, Tasha, and Jamie come and sit down with Jenny and Shane. And Shane is like, Alice, keep Jenny occupied. She's driving me crazy. I need to go outside for five minutes. And comes up with this great story about how someone just told her that she left her (laughs) headlights on. (laughs) What? I thought this club had ballet. So this really wouldn't be her issue. Yeah. Jenny reads Shane's text. Jenny rebottles her room. Jenny makes her throw out her T-shirts. (laughs) but she is she completely she accepts the lights on yeah shane's like i'll be right back i'm just going outside for five minutes and jenny doesn't fall i really was shocked that jenny didn't follow her outside i know i I was truly shocked yeah also just say you're gonna go have oh i guess if she said she was gonna go have a cigarette then jenny would have quit smoking yeah we oh, quit right, I forgot when she comes oh, back. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right you're we right. remodeled the bedroom. We quit yeah. smoking. <laughs> we don't talk to Nikki. <laughs> That's Correct. what's happening. So then we cut to Dylan's condo or wherever. Wherever Dylan um, lives. Her corporate housing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dylan has her because t- she's like, I'm entertaining a British woman at so I must make 11 tea. p.m. Trumpets and yeah, tea. Yeah, she has a little tea tray. <laughs> yeah, she has some scones and some tea. And she says, oh, I have these little biscuits. They're from Manchester. Something I did not find believable about this episode is not a single one of them was, like, drinking ever. Right. <laughs> While the yeah. club skiing. <laughs> like, they kept talking yeah. about drinks. Like, oh, let's go get a drink. But, like, no one is, right. was drinking. No one was. Has anyone ever gone from the club to someone's house with someone they have sexual attention with and instead of immediately having a drink had hot tea (laughs) this one time (laughs) here in this episode is the only time it's ever happened and Helen is like I don't know what I'm doing here and Dylan's like well we can just talk and then they stare at each other for five minutes uninterrupted (laughs) no music oh yeah just staring at each other Dylan is talking about like rubber trees. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I completely like wasn't listening. <laughs> this whole episode is just too quiet. The sex they have is like the quietest sex yeah. I've ever. No music. They start making out zero music. Some of it is shot from behind a shelf, maybe. Um, things I did during this sex scene. Um, I watched TikTok. <laughs> I painted my nails. Um, I ordered some paper towels. I send a text message to Lauren and Carly about something. Um, I have never been so profoundly bored during a sex scene. Same. As I was. I wrote in my notes, I barely paid attention to this sex scene. And I'm trying to think (laughs) of what I was. I was sitting here. I was watching it. I think I was just on my phone. I think I was like playing a game on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Checking Instagram. I truly, I was like, this is going on forever. My notes are, I'm bored, low-key. Helena's got full garters and thigh highs, question mark. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Where's the music? Yeah. I think part of the reason that a sex scene is good is that you have to be invested in the characters or the sex scene has to just, like, be Be hot. hot. Yeah. And, like, this was kind of neither. We love Helena, but, like, who gives a shit about what Dylan's doing? No, No one cares about Dylan. No. no offense to the Dylan stands out there. All one of you, maybe. <laughs> I've never encountered yeah. a Dylan stand. I don't think so. I don't believe they exist. <laughs> Why does it have to be so long then if it's going to be so yeah. quiet? Like, like, nothing happened right. either. It's not like they were just like going at it for hours. It was like the, just everything was taking a really long time. It truly felt like 
when you're shooting sex scenes, it is kind of like the longest days and like the longest scenes to shoot and super like hard. But this felt like you were like a crew member on set, just like watching this. (laughs) It was like there was no cut. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was very few edits. Uh, It was very long. Yeah. It was just the raw footage, I think. (laughs) I mean, Helena stuck her hand down Dylan's pants at the coffee tea station in in the condo when Dana was dying. Like they had (laughs) wild animal sex. On a bed in front of a sunset of the whole on the magistry beach. of the Southern California yeah. in all of the pastels. They had sexual harassment lawsuit sex in the editing bay yeah. of, of their film. And this, this is what Dylan moved to L.A. for is this. Yeah, this is the big reunion. This is what we go out on. The big like, wow, they what? should be together. They belong together. <laughs> It's just like I was so bored. It was so boring. Ugh. Like maybe these characters need need the element of danger in order for it to like be interesting, and this felt safer. I don't know. I don't want to try to read into it because I think it's just could they, they could not cut, cut it because down. they just took like <laughs> shot it in like one right. Scene. <laughs> just, like, it just looks like that. Like just cut it. You could cut it down. You could totally yeah. cut it down. It'd be what? fine. Add some sex noises. Or something. Music. Add some a song. <laughs> the budget was so Usher. low they couldn't get any songs. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Mazzy Star was like, "Sorry, you cannot afford us." Portishead was like, "Please leave me alone. Stop calling." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Portishead was like, "For the last time, no." We have fun, man. The Indigo um, Girls. They should have done this. They could have done a nice Indigo Girls sex scene. <laughs> What if they did hammer and a nail to this thing, to the sex scene? If they were, get out of bed, get a hammer and a nail. You know, that's good for this because they're in bed and they're nailing. I'm happy to report that I only know one Indigo Girls song. I know all of them. I and I would have liked, I'd like to nominate, um, get out the map for this sex scene. I think that would have been a nice little genre <laughs> fun that we'd be having. Speaking of fun, we're not having. We go outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, 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 we. <laughs> We are outside. Hit club. Shane is smoking. Guess who shows up? It's Nikki. <gasps> Nikki asks for a cigarette. I'm shocked. They smoke. <laughs> Nikki flirts. Shane uh, it hits on Nikki. Shane's like, I'm with Jenny. Nikki's like, oh, I misinterpreted your personality. <laughs> and then Shane says, if Jenny wasn't in the picture, maybe things would be different. <laughs> This uh, is relationship yikes. is going really well. This is great. Their relationship's <laughs> off to a great start. How long have they been dating? Three days. This is going really well. Yeah. <laughs> She's already made her throw yeah. out all her clothes. Yeah. And also, the, Jenny's been busy. She had to write a whole screenplay, bidding and war. Then, uh, get agents and sell it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was really time consuming. <laughs> How did she find time to turn Shane's bedroom into an office when she was writing and selling a script? And back. And back. <laughs> and turn it back. I feel like now I just... I need to go back and watch this because like continuity shit like pisses me off. Don't it'll drive you it'll drive you crazy. (laughs) Okay. We are we're like living proof of why you shouldn't do that because we're we've both lost. No, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. Don't do it. You're right. Don't do it. Back inside Hit Club, Jamie and Tasha are yelling at Jenny about Alice's screenplay, which I love. Yeah. So kind of her girlfriends to defend her. Uh huh. (laughs) Jenny looks at Jamie and goes, I don't even know who you are. That was so funny. 
Um, so then Jenny wants Shane to pick a side. Shane is just like, you know, bug-eyed Shane. Yeah. Um, they get back out to like the dance floor. And now Jenny is being completely bananas. And Shane is trying to manage it, knowing what she knows about Jenny as a person from their friendship. And it's like, you can't control everything. You have to stop mm-hmm. putting me in a box. And she's like, I'm not putting you in a box. And she's like, look at me, I'm in a box. And it's like, well, and she does like, the mime. She are. does the mime bit. <laughs> yeah. Then she's like, yeah. And then she's like, this is me in a box. And Jenny's like, well, that's not yeah. in a box because if you were in a box, you'd be a mime and then you wouldn't be talking to me. And also yeah. it's very, it's crazy that I can hear you on the dance floor. It's so quiet. And it's also crazy. I can even see you because it's uh, so dark in so here. So dark in here. Oh yeah. For our lesbian party, it should like be mood lighting, but not pitch black. <laughs> Exactly. Over 30. Right. Like we all want to look good. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be soft lighting. So you can't tell that our faces are falling off of our faces. Yeah. Yeah. But look, this is an over 30 club. So we have to have (laughs) kind lighting. Yeah. But I think that there's a way to do it. That's going to be really, really wonderful. Um, I I know enough people that work in lighting that I think we can pull it off. For sure. Get all those butches from the the camera department. (laughs) (laughs) Group in lighting. (laughs) Shane's like, listen, if I had to choose between our romantic relationship and our friendship, I would pick our friendship. And I don't want to fuck that up or for anything to get in the way of that. And then Jenny, full deranged, wildly batty bananas, Emily the Strange, Red Rum Jenny is like, the only thing that will get in the way of our friendship is if our romantic relationship doesn't work. Which is just like red flags everywhere. <laughs> just flag on the play, flag on the play, flag on the play. They're flag, all red. Flag, flag, flag. Oh my God. <laughs> no. And then Jenny's like, I love you. And it's just like, this is, oh my God, this is so manipulative and weird. Ah. As somebody who has dated a lot of people who they were friends with first, (laughs) this is just not something that this, like, no. No, this is very bad. This is very toxic. And I'm very concerned for Shane. Jenny is like, I love you. And Shane does that thing that people only say on me too. movies. movies me too. She says, me too. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's like not really saying it back. No. That's the thing you say when, when you you're don't like. Mean it. When you don't love me. <laughs> yeah. But like I also know that it's good. we're going to get in a fight. Yeah. I'm trying to end a fight here. So uh, me yeah. too. Same. Yeah. <laughs> right, right back at you, babe. Uh-huh. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Also, I, even from Jenny's point of view, I mean, I guess people are like this out, out in the world all the time. We all know that. We've all known them. But Reese, you're also, you're a supporter of this relationship. So Yes, you are. Not in this. I'm a, I'm a supporter of the relationship between Shane and Jenny based on who their characters were in season five. Okay. But um, the way that this plays out is not, no. Okay. I'm not supportive of it. Okay. I'm mad at it. I'm mad that they were so focused on making Jenny murderable that they made this how mm-hmm. it was. And even like Jenny's done fucked up things in relationships before, but For sure. not like this, you know, and she's been with people who she really loved. Yeah. And like, she's done low key crazy things, but not, this is high key. And also like, you don't want to be with someone who's only with you out of fear. Like I have right. so much anxiety already that if I'm with someone that they secretly don't like me or don't want to be with me, but the idea that they're only there because I've threatened them that our <laughs> friendship will mess up otherwise, that's not good on either end. I don't recommend that's, that. What? Not good. Mm-mm. Where's Dan Foxworthy when you need him? Oh my God. The <laughs> yeah. only therapist in LA. Speaking of relationships that probably won't work out, we go to Dylan. <laughs> where finally someone has turned on some goddamn music. 
Finally. But how? When? <laughs> the Indigo Girls called and were like, we got a 911. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the point is that Helena is uh, weeping. Oh, yes. She's sobbing. Sobbing. <sighs> Her whole MO this season has just been a, a, a scared facial expression. She's had like two lines. This is, and this is post walks around. being in jail, mm-hmm. right? Or prison. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that was hot. But I mean, you. I feel like she would have like tough, like toughened up a little bit. Yeah, her character's like been through life stuff now, which yeah. before she was just like a sheltered rich girl who didn't have to worry about anything, and now her character should have evolved, having been through so many different things. And I guess that's what you know. Sex when you're like it's true love, you cry. Apparently, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I think that every time that Helena looks at and she just feels like so completely dismantled you know (laughs) good one so anyway their sex scene ends i don't even remember i know we ranked every sex scene so we must have ranked this one but for some reason i feel like i have no memory of it existing it's very forgettable it It ends with her crying and the both of them saying they're scared i mean it's yeah i I feel like this episode had a lot of rewrites happen (laughs) Uh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) and a lot of it felt improvised as well i'll say that like the hijinks and the comedy are great because it's angela Mm -hmm. robinson and then yeah everything else just kind of felt like thrown in real quick and like not Ooh, it just didn't feel fully baked no right but i mean this whole season Well, it could be related to real life things like writing or budget, but it, mm. it could be more along the lines of some sort of scientific disturbance. Scientific disruption. Yeah. yeah. Like, is it possible that given the proximity of Beth's home to Hit Club and, and the, the planet, book. you know, all these places are kind of in the same. Yeah. Na- you're all, they're all in West Hollywood. They're all nearby. All right. What I think happened. Okay. Science. Once again, science took over. The butterfly effect created an alternate reality mm-hmm. version of Hit Club that's very yeah. quiet mm-hmm. and that allows for things like this to happen. And by Helena being in Hit Club all the time, it rubbed off on her. So when she went to Dylan's place of residence, it Dylan's affected corporate her housing. as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just really think that like the dress, the butterfly is responsible for what's going on with Jenny with Helena, with Tina and Beth. I, mean, I think I think you can ben trace it back to everybody. I think that tracks. I think so. I think, that I, think I think that we should really spend some time studying this in a science, it's, scientific way. It's also, it's like magical realism in a way. You know what I mean? And as <laughs> Shannon mentioned earlier, this is purely a work of science fiction this season, yeah. which is great. Sci-fi. Exactly. Yeah. S-Y-F-Y. S-Y-F-Y. No, sci-fi. It's on after Winona Earp. <laughs> That would be a really good programming lineup for sci-fi, actually. would be Season six of the L word. Winona right after Winona maybe, maybe a little like, like Killjoys or something in there. Yeah, that would be great, actually. Sci-fi, you should call yeah. us. We have some ideas. Oh, my God. Yeah. My number one idea is, could you play Quantum Leap more often? Um, then, then we go to... Oh, then we go back to Hickman. We have a slow-mo montage at the club. To end the episode. I mean, everything is just very boring in this last. Yeah. Like, it's just like, this is how they're going to end. Like, why would the anyone want to watch yet? the next one after this? I know. Were they like trying to just get like when you 
add a hundred more words to your paper by like just like yeah like they were it was slow motion for no reason like I felt like are you trying to make this episode last the amount of time it needs to last for everyone to get the paycheck that they were promised to for participating in this episode. Cause why is this in slow motion? Alice, Jamie and Tasha again, ha 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 watermelon, watermelon, Jenny and Shane, (laughs) slow-mo looking at each other. What? I mean, I feel like usually when you're shooting episodes and stuff, you go over in time and like have to cut Right. Down, them down a lot. Yeah, here that like, was here, not the it's case. Like, they're like, oh, I just gotta. <laughs> yeah, like, they're like, don't make any edits to that sex scene yeah. and add in more slow motion walking and looking. It just really feels like it's hitting that like last season of a show, and you're going into it, and you've just kind of given up. It's kind of like senioritis when you're in school, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's also like every day is senior skip day. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, truly everyone everyone had was hard hit with senioritis on the show it was yeah. it was uh contaminating everything and um i do think that what they could have done is it could have been like the go magazine nightlife awards for hit but it was done remotely and so helena and um dylan would be sitting in helena's bed wearing matching pajamas with a large white dog and then helena would win night, nightclub of the year for um for hit club and then her and dylan would kiss for 10 seconds and it would be that way hotter than this sex scene. True. <laughs> True. That's brilliant. I don't know what you're referencing. Thank you. but I can't imagine I can't, what you're I, talking about. I yeah. love the nightlife, <laughs> the nightlife, the, the go nightlife, nightlife awards. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the go nightlife awards? I do. I do. I but I like the idea of party. giving out nightlife awards when no one's at the club for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to our, you know, once we're back in the world, over 30 party, I think our goal should yeah. just be to win Alessia <laughs> I think that might be my new goal in life. Yes. Right. Yeah. Fuck the Pulitzer. But I'm also dead serious about starting a queer night. That's I, I mean, older let's people. talk about like, this. Yeah. I'm really down yeah. to talk. I'm going to set up a Zoom meeting about this. <laughs> Great. Well, I think um, that's, that's, the episode. that's the episode. Wow. We did it. It really just like, it was a slow, <laughs> slow-mo jog mm-hmm. to the finish of that episode. That episode yeah. could have been yeah. 10 minutes shorter and would have been a much stronger mm-hmm. episode. There still would have been parts that we were horrified by, like Jenny's stuff and the terrible Olive Garden scene. But like... Mm-hmm. Oh God, I almost forgot about the Olive Garden scene. There was enough like fun friend campiness going on that it could have been a better episode if they could have trimmed it quite a bit for sure yeah but and i mean the most offensive things about this episode were just the references in like queer media like that gun you know yeah (laughs) yeah i mean every episode something is offensive yeah um this episode was only offensive for a short period of time right this episode had Way less transphobia than the rest of the season. Because the trans character was not in it, though. Exactly. (laughs) But there was the (laughs) Boys Don't Cry line, which was, of course. Yeah, they still found a way. They found a way. They found a way. They They found a way. way. They found a way. And that is honestly something me and Carly, I think we've talked about that we've noticed throughout the, the seasons is that the times when the L word is least transphobic are the episodes that Max isn't in. 
because they just can't help themselves when he's around. <laughs> they can't help but be terrible to him. It's uh, it's kind of incredible. It is. Yeah. It is. I feel like every episode at the at the end of an episode where we're like, this one wasn't that transphobic. We're like, oh, Max was only in one. Scene. Like, <laughs> that's why. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or he just wasn't there at all. And this one, he mm-hmm. wasn't in it at all. And they still managed to be a little yeah. transphobic. So, and not even reference yeah. Max once. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Not even a mention of yeah. Max once. Nope. Which, I mean, they could have slipped in a Max reference with the whole tech, you know, video yeah. camera, like security Easily. camera stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. Somebody could have Easily. said when Alice turned everything off yeah. with her Where's popcorn, Max they could have been like, him? oh, we need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shannon, do you have anything about yourself that you would like to plug? I mean, you know, it's been a slow year. (laughs) I don't know if you guys know this, but it's been it's been a slow year. (laughs) Sure has. (laughs) But um, I mean, right now, the only project I have going on is I'm producing the adaptation of a book called Long Live the Tribe of Fatherless Girls by Takira Madden. That's such a good book. I loved it. Which is actually a book that I found (laughs) via Autostraddle. So basically, (gasps) I I mean, maybe do I owe my whole career to you guys? Yeah. Maybe. I'll take, I will take credit for that. Sure. I'll take it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So I'm not in the habit of taking credit for things (laughs) I had nothing to do with, but I think that change is starting today. (laughs) But the the movie's being written and in development right now, which is a nice, slow process. Um, but if you haven't read the book, Long Live the Prime Fatherless Girls, I recommend it. Yeah. I loved it. I famously haven't read a book in a year until <laughs> yesterday. So, um, but I, I will be reading it. It's on the list of, it was on the list of books I wanted to read once I read again. And um, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm on that journey now. <laughs> I might not be, but we'll see. I famously am a fatherless girl and as such, um, you know, really enjoyed it. I mean, I had a father, but he died. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet on this podcast. <laughs> um, Kira had a father too, and he died as well. Spoiler alert. Exactly. We have that in common. Spoiler alert. Hello. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but yeah, pick up that book. It's a great book. And eventually you'll be able to watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Adaptation the, yeah. of it. It's the sequel to The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> exactly. Shannon, where can people find you on social media? My social handle on Instagram and Twitter is Shanzi, S-H-A-N-D-Z-E-E, Z-E-E. And um, right now, like Instagram, I just post a lot of shit about my dog. Let's be honest. I know, but I, I, like, I enjoy the dog content. Yeah. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. This thanks, was thanks. so excellent having you thanks here. Thanks for having me. And now that it's over, I'll tell you that you popped my uh, podcast cherry today. So. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, wow. What an honor. <laughs> this is great. Um, thank you all at home for listening. As always, we will be back in two weeks with our next episode. Lactose Intolerant. Oh my God, that's right. It's finally time for our favorite episode title. Next episode of Black Close and Tolerant. Get ready. Oh Get ready. God. It's going to be Get your milk truly ready. painful. <laughs> Get your dairy-free milk ready. It's going to be bad. Get your oat yeah. milk ready. Your yeah. oatly. Fire up in. the oat milk. <laughs> Get your oatly. We're going in. That's what I always say. <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> 
get your Oatly. We're going in. Going in. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much for listening to To Ellen Back. You can find us on social media over on Instagram and Twitter. We are at To Ellen Back. You can also email us to ellenbackcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, we have a hotline. You can give us a call, leave a message. It's 971-217-6130. We've also got merch, which you can find at store.autotreadle.com. There's stickers, there's shirts, including a Bet Porter 2020 shirt which is pretty excellent. Our theme song is by B. Steadwell. Our logo is by Kara Sykes. And this podcast was produced, edited, and mixed by Lauren Klein. You can find me on social. I am at Carly Tron. Reese is at AutoWin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, Autostraddle.com, the reason we are all here today. Autostraddle.com. All right. And finally, it's time for our L words. This is the segment of the show where we end things by simultaneously shouting out a random L word. Usually these have little to no relevance to anything we just recapped. Okay, Reese, you ready? Okay. One, two, three. Lip Lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Lip sync. Cute. Nice. Reese, what'd you say? Um, I said Loose Strife, which is the name of a Stephen Dunn poetry book that's um, right there. Right next to you. <laughs> yeah. um, I said lactose intolerant because I'm still really excited about next episode. <laughs> I have zero creativity today. Well, I mean, I've had well, zero we creativity this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, also that. My King Lear did not happen this year. <laughs> um, and on that note, get your Oatly. We'll see you in two weeks with your Oatly. Your almond milk, your soy milk. should sponsor this podcast. Rice milk. Actually, Oatly. Rice milk. Definitely hit us up. Oh, really? Yeah. Also, uh, uh, Carly needs a new mattress. Um, If you want to give them a new mattress, um, also hit us up, please. Well, bye. Bye. You guys hear my dog? Bye. Bye. Topping, laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way.